0: Right, well thank you very much ladies and gentlemen, um, mm-hmm. welcome to IT services, my name is Stuart Lee, I'm deputy CIO <coughs> here at the, the, at the department, um, and uh, welcome also to our speakers who've joined us from far afield actually, <laughs> so well done, bearing in mind the fact that we've uh, put a moat around the entire city <laughs> <for> repelling all <laughs> the borders. So, Um, Thank you very much. Um, As I'm sure you're aware, this is uh, Safer Internet Day, and to mark this, what we're doing is hosting uh, a joint event with IT services, within IT services, our information security team and our academic IT group, but also with the university's equality and diversity unit to try and pick up on the attention that's happening today around uh, the safer internet. Uh, to promote some sort of key messages and discuss some sort of uh, key points. If you haven't looked online or read The Guardian or the BBC, the aim of the day, the Safer Internet Day globally, is to promote safer and more responsible use of online technology and mobile phones, uh, they tag that in, um, with a little uh, sort of motto, let's create a better internet together. Now, when I was asked to say a few words to open this, my mind actually went back to an event we organised in 2000, which I thought was yesterday, but it apparently it's 14 years ago, um, which was entitled Beyond Control, Threats and Liberties in the Electronic Age. And in those days, we, we used to run a series of annual events, so we held them in the Oxford Union, so it was really a sort of discussion and, and a debate as well, and in, it was centred around sort of key issues in higher education IT. Uh, And on that one, Beyond Control, we had speakers from Nadine Stross, who was at the New York Law School, but she was also president of the American Civil Liberties Union, Mr. Yaman Akdenis, who was the director of the Cyber Rights and Cyber Liberties, and Mr. John Abner, who was the director general of the National Criminal Intelligence Service, and Mr. David Kerr, CEO, Internet Watch Foundation. Because at the time, around 2000, the main threat that most people perceived to the internet um, was actually coming from governments and government agencies. We felt that what they were trying to do was control the internet and clamp down on free speech and that's really what we were discussing there, hence someone from NCIS, who was quite remarkable, he would sit in the debating chamber and he'd have two people briefing him. Every time a question was asked, they'd go away, they weren't Googling at the time, but they'd feed him the answer and then he would give the answer. So it was an insight into the, the thick of it before that happened. Uh, Now, you might think, well, how prescient of us, bearing in mind all the cyber snooping that GCHQ and uh, our friends across the pond have done recently, Um, but I don't think that really is if you talked about the threat and the concerns that across the public they would have. uh, I think it's now shifted. Um, And I was doing a bit of preparation, searching around on Google this morning, and, and, and when Alan asked me to do this a bit earlier, about And it was quite striking how many alarmist headlines there are, media witch hunts, which have stoked up this sort of um, idea about um, threats to the internet, and particularly threats to individuals. (coughs) But once you delve into it, there are some genuinely disturbing and often tragic stories. Um, So I don't think now the discussion is about how we can protect the internet from them, as in the government or government agencies, It's more about how we can protect ourselves when using the internet from criminals, but for the most part, actually protecting ourselves from each other, from everyone in this room. Um, And you can imagine the ever-present troll, which is defined by the OED as a person who posts deliberately erroneous or antagonistic messages to a newsgroup or similar forum with the intention of eliciting a hostile or corrective response which was first recorded in 1992 as an expression, to cyber crooks, which was also recorded in 1992, cyber criminals, they they graduated by then in 1993, who were committing cyber crime in 1991, um, and, of course, cyberbullying, which was first phrased in 1994. So this does go back, not quite as far as Cybermen, which is 1966. <laughs> now, I don't want to be flippant about this, because this is a very serious story. I'm sure a situation we're all aware of, stories which we've read in the press about cyberbullying and people at work and at school and the consequences that it's led to in, in some cases. And no doubt we've read, too, about identity theft, about threat to your individual privacy. Um, And you may even have had to bail out friends or elderly relatives out of sticky situations where they've fallen for some online con. I've certainly had to do that with my mother on several occasions. Um, But not to mention the cost to institutions like this, like the university, not only for protecting users and educating users, but also cleaning up when things go wrong and they do go wrong. And as part of my role, I think it's striking to note, over the past few years I've had to be involved in several cases investigate in cases of online harassment and bullying. And I think perhaps the more worrying aspect is in most of these cases the main perpetrators and victims have been staff members either at this university or at other universities either as a result of members of staff here uh, harassing and bullying them or vice versa. So the aim of today is to ask the question and hopefully come up with some answers of can we build an action plan for the university to protect staff, academics, and students from online harassment and abuse. Um, so I wish you the best in that, and I'd be very interested to know the answers. And without any further ado, <laughs> I'm going to hand over to my colleague, Ali, who will take, uh, take you.